Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, this is Jill from the Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe. Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with the Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from. Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. It's time. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Brooklyn, New York, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you because we talk about everything on It's Time. President Trump, current events, movies, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's No Holds Barred Radio here on It's Time Radio, and I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. Hi, TJ. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com. What is up, Buff? The Buff is so energetic right now, so up, because we've got this huge show, which we're going to talk about later with our special guest, Elias Theodoro, very entertaining, intelligent individual, UFC warrior, ring boy extraordinaire. We'll go into UFC 223 when he's on the show in a few minutes, but I want to talk about news stories and let you know that I am so pumped for UFC 223, even though... Uh, Max Holloway is stepping up, being the warrior that he is in light of Tony Ferguson having to step out due to a tragic mishap, which had nothing to do with fighting, which is now going to keep him out. And we'll go under that longer on the show against the the beast, Habib, 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 <laughs> Kabob, Habib, Habib Nurmagomedov. Pardon me on that, guys. Sorry, I slipped. Uh, it's OK. You got to get it out of the way here. So you yeah, crush here. it on Saturday. Exactly. My, my, my mind is rolling faster than my mouth is talking right now, so I'm getting myself a little confused. But that's because I'm very excited. I'm excited about this show. I'm pumped. I did a social media post yesterday because I was sitting here doing a bunch of work, and I was realizing that my energy was just I, – I was just like so energetic, and I finally realized it's because I am up. I am very up for this. It's going to be a big show, lots of great fights. Rose Nama Yunus, Joanna Jacek. That's all we're going to talk about because we'll get into it more afterwards. Also, some a lot of exciting things happening this week. First off, Michael Buffer, 
my legendary greatest announcer of all time brother, uh, is off on a plane this morning to film his part in the new Creed 2 movie. Very excited to make that deal for him. He was in Creed 1. He should be in all the Rocky movies. He is the ultimate boxing announcer, if not the ultimate legendary announcer of all time. So congrats to Michael. He's off to film Creed 2. And I got a touch of the script. I was going through it. Exciting. I thought Creed 1 was a fine Rocky film. I'm looking forward to this. I'm a big fan of the Rocky franchise. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that he's being brought back for the sequel, but also just happy to hear that they're doing the sequel. There are a lot of movies that end up, you know, getting sequels that really shouldn't. And I mean, how many Rocky movies have we had? And granted, this one's a bit different, but I, I just think that every Rocky film, even the, the much later one, the Rocky Balboa uh, film, uh, there just isn't a bad one out there. I just really think that they've done uh, an incredibly good job keeping that brand alive, but also keeping it uh, very true in, in fine pieces of uh, movie artwork. Absolutely true. And, you know, giving Stallone the credit where credit's due, uh, he basically recreated the franchise. Okay, I mean, Star Wars started it off doing what they did. But as far as the character of Rocky and Rambo, and I think this Rocky film with Creed II, if I'm not mistaken, makes eight, makes for eight Rocky movies, potentially nine, but I think it's eight. And uh, Michael, this will mean that he's been in three of them after this one. Um, but it's just, it's always enjoyable. Whenever Rocky comes on TV, if I'm working out in my gym or doing whatever, I don't care what scene comes on. I go in, I'm glued. I'm always pumped like I am right now, like I explained earlier, but I always feel positive and I get that will to win. It does it for me every time. The song does it for me every time. One of the greatest franchises and characters ever. I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Bruce. I don't care who you are. Maybe you don't stop everything and watch the entire film, but if Rocky is on TV and you stumble upon it, you're probably going to give it a good 10 minutes of just pure uh, attention, which is a, a strong testament to that film because most people can't pay attention to anything for 10 minutes. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always watching any Rocky that, that comes up on the television. Right. And also, too, um, Sylvester Stallone really shows his acting chops in these key scenes in the last two Rocky films. It had me in tears, especially when he was talking about the passing of his wife, um, Adrian, in this one scene. I mean, he, the man can act. There's no question. So everybody get ready for Creed 2. It's coming up. And now get ready for another thing that's happening. Uh, aside from the fact now, uh, we have been with Gas Digital Network for over a year. A fantastic relationship. Had a great time with Gas Digital Network where you tune in to hear It's Time Radio as you're listening to it this week on this week's show. We're very happy to announce that we're making a change. And the change is for a tremendously strong reason uh, because we were approached by, I was approached by the group Revolver, the company Revolver. Um, they are now hosting a lot of Spanish podcasts. They're partially owned uh, by Univision, the biggest uh, Latino network uh, in the world, from what I understand. Uh, Mario Lopez from, from uh, TV and Jim Rome, the very popular talk show host, uh, sports commentator. He is, uh, they are both moving their shows over to Revolver along with me. We're all going to be on Revolver. Very happy to work with them. Next week, uh, you will see a new link to see our shows. You'll still be able to listen to them on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, but the Revolver Network is going to be our new home. And I'm speaking for you, TJ, if I may say so, I think we're both very excited. Yeah, I mean, uh, new opportunities, new beginnings, and uh, the show keeps evolving and taking shape as we head into our 11th year of being together, um, our 10th year of being together, sorry. 
it, it feels like 20 years, but it also feels like 20 seconds. It's been so much fun. Um, and, and this is the next step. And listeners, luckily enough, they don't really need to do anything. Uh, if you're subscribed, iTunes, all that fun stuff, uh, we're going to be available there in your iPhone, iPod, iPad, etc. But also, uh, we'll be moving to some new outlets where other people uh, get different podcasts and uh, we'll be there as well. And it's exciting times, exciting business. Yeah, we're going to other areas like Spotify, which a lot of people go to and very excited about that. Speaking of Spotify, Friday, much anticipated. We've been testing um, the song in various locales, nightclubs all around the world to amazing response. I've tickled everybody on the show before. I've done appearances with, with the super DJ, the international renowned DJ, Steve Aoki. Um, Steve Aoki and I, along with another fantastic DJ, a partner of Steve's, that he did a song with in 2009 called Turbulence, which was the highest, or the large, I don't know how to say this properly, but the biggest selling song of its type in 2009. It was like number one on the charts, Turbulence. It was very popular. Steve Aoki and I got together with Layback Luke, and um, Aoki and Layback Luke came up with the concept for a song titled It's Time, using me doing my trademark phrase, along with other things in the song, as well as a music video that together we filmed a couple weeks ago at the UFC Performance Center, of all places. And I'm very excited on Friday. It'll be available on Spotify. You can go to Spotify now. You can reserve the track. Uh, it'll be available in a bunch of different areas. So stay tuned to my social media on Twitter and Instagram and Steve Aoki social media, my website, BruceBuffer.com. As of Friday, you'll be able to download the new song, um, get ready to just dance on the dance floor. That's what Steve made this for. It's called It's Time, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a really, really fun run, run and road uh, putting this out all over the world with Steve Aoki. So I'm very proud of that. i got a big week ahead. i got Friday, and i got the UFC on Saturday. My brother's off doing Creed too. I think it's a good week for my little company. That's all I can say. Yeah, little, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, little, little in amount of people that work in it, but, yeah, well, you're doing big things. There we go. Kristen and I are two two person army along with everybody else that works with us. But as far as we're in our office, we're jamming. So now with that being said, I want to switch to something else. I want to wish my friend, um, a man, everybody, a lot of people are very, very um, fan friendly to and like a lot. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger had to go in this week to have open heart surgery to replace a valve that he, uh, through preventative maintenance and his own choice, chose to have. Uh, put in and replaced back in 1997. You do have to have it replaced again. He went in for some other procedure. I'm not sure quite exactly what. Um, so basically, he had to have open heart surgery. I understand he's doing very, very well. And uh, he won't need to have another one replaced uh, for another 10 to 15 years. So good for Arnold. I hope you get well quick. Did See he, you back at Gold Gym. Did you hear it's what he said awesome. when he woke up? I'll be back. No, he no said, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. He said, I'm back. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. back, yeah. The man, whenever you see Arnold, whenever I've had the pleasure of seeing Arnold, whether it's the gym or elsewhere, he always has a sense of humor. He's always positive. He's always smiling. He's such a positive person. It's, it's great energy to be around. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, uh, look at what he's done in his life. Like, he, he should be very happy. Um, but, yeah, happy to hear that he's doing well. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Yep. Okay, now we're going to do something. You know, there's a, there's a certain term is – don't write checks your mouth can't cash. How does that term go? Uh, yeah, no, don't don't write. Don't let your mouth write checks that your ass can't cash or something. I don't know. Something like that. Well, yeah. we have an example of this. 
He's getting uh, flayed over the internet. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of the show. He's been on the show, but he said something he shouldn't have said in this time and age that we live in. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's brother, Frank Stallone, a longtime friend of mine. Been on the show before, I believe. Been on the show, yes. We had a great show with him. The Parkland Massacre survivor, David Hogg. I, I, I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. Hogg, Hogue. Uh-huh. Do you know how to say his name? I don't, I H-O- don't H-O-G-G. So pardon me if I did not say it correctly. I have to read this. Frank, I'm sorry. It's news. We have to talk about it. He put out a tweet that he deleted it after he was barraged with criticism and scorn. The tweet that Frank wrote, and this is in Frank's words, please. This is not mine. I'm just reading what I'm reading. I, I even have a hard time reading this. TJ, should I read it? Is it okay to read it? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, of course. It's okay, news. This is not, it's news. You got to do it. All right, this is not my words. Please understand that. The tweet is uh, from Frank Stallone that was done on the 31st of March. This David Hogg, P-U-S-S-Y, I'm not even going to say it, is getting a little bit I'm sure someone from his age group is dying to sucker punch this rich little bitch. Watch him run home like the coward he is. He's the worst rep for today's youth headline, grabbing punk. For the life of me, I can't understand why he would say that, whether you disagree or anything. This this young man, this articulate young man, along with his articulate young men and women that he is protesting with and doing everything he's doing to bring awareness to a very, very serious situation, no matter whether you agree with his views or not, is out there articulating, expressing himself, and was involved in a school shooting, which he is a survivor of, along with everybody else that survived that day at that school with the people that did not survive or were wounded tragically. So, you know, be careful what you say these days, people. Think of, think before you leap. This is, a, this is a lesson in thinking before you leap. I really can't say much more. I'm going to say something for Frank. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a caring individual. He's very strong-minded, very strong opinionated, but this but is look, an example he, of a mistake. He never says something like that if he has a microphone or a camera in his face. I really don't believe that, Bruce. Like, the, this is the problem with social media. Sometimes it's just a stream of consciousness, and sometimes some of those crazy-ass things that you think about when you're, you know, all by yourself or even just a fleeting moment that you don't even necessarily believe, sometimes you just, it comes out. And unfortunately for people, it comes out on social media more often than, much more often than it ever should. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be held to task for what you say in the public light. Right. It's, you know, people are still learning, learning how to deal with it. Even I am too. You got to, there's a time and a place for everything. Let's just put it that way. And then you have a situation this week where that happened on the 31st. And then what happened yesterday was the active YouTube shooter up in San Bruno, California at YouTube headquarters, a woman, a woman now who felt that YouTube was discriminating against her. Uh, she complained her brother even notified people about, he was worried about her, afraid she was going to do something. Uh, police were involved another situation where she was on the radar. I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong, but she took a pistol, not an AR 15. We know my feelings on that as well as my feelings that everybody should have the right to bear arms and, and protect themselves at their home fronts under legalities that are put forth by the U S government. I'm not saying take away weapons. I just feel even though I own one and I'm being repetitive in my statement here, as I've done on other shows to clarify, I have no problem if the American citizens who are not military involved or excuse me are not in the military or are not police personnel or law enforcement there's no reason for private citizens to have ar-15s and all the assault weapons that's the big you know talk in the past of the show here is an example tragically where instead of 37 or more people 
uh, what the number was that happened um, at the school the other week, tragically. Here, the woman had a pistol. She legally bought the pistol from what I'm reading. It was registered to her, but she still shot and took the lives or shot three people before shooting herself. If somebody wants to do something horrific, whether it's knife, pistol, shotgun, or assault weapon, if they are sick enough in their minds to do something as sick and tragic as what we're reading about here and talking about here, they can do it with any number of weapons. Let's just not make it easier for mass amounts of people to be shot as we witnessed in past situations. That's our main subject and point here on It's Time Radio, and I'm speaking for you too, TJ. Yeah, no, I mean, we've made our thoughts very clear on this over a decade now on this program, and uh, I mean, it's about sensible regulation, and, uh, you know, you, you, you you can't ration with maniacs and unfortunately i think uh she proved to be a maniac i I saw i I, I saw a stat yesterday bruce and this blew me away um in from the i think it was from the year 2000 to 2014 there were 160 mass shootings in this country now with that said a mass shooting is i believe uh constitutes as uh two or, or three or more people being shot or targeted um of those 160 mass shootings from the year 2000 uh 2014 it might even been a little bit later than that 2003 to maybe 2014 but of that 160 only six were committed by women and it doesn't necessarily shock me that women do the vast minority of these things but it blew me away that there were 160 mass shootings in this country in a you know 12 to 14 year period. Like what the hell, man? Staggering, you know, and again, it's not all school shootings and tragic situations like that. It ranges from a variety of different instances, but you know, and we get back to, and I'm going to cut this short because we, we, we always dwell on it, but just to remind our key points of this argument or this situation going on, the States need to get uniform so that when the gun laws are passed for proper background checks as deep as possible to prevent mentally, uh, deficient people or people that are having issues or have criminal backgrounds or terrorist back, whatever the case might be, they should not be allowed to buy and own a gun legally in this country. But when you have a state like California that has a 10 day waiting period, and then you have a state as an example, let's say like a Florida that said, Oh, we're going to adopt a three day waiting period. And everybody's getting their in an uproar over three day wait, or the fact that you got to be 21 now in certain states that are adopting this instead of 18 to buy a pistol and and rifle and firearm. You know, I live in California. Okay, you can be 18 and buy a weapon here. We have 10-day waiting period. It's no big deal. I don't care if they make it a 30-day waiting period. I don't care. Do whatever you can do to keep this situation calmer, to avoid these situations taking place, but it's not going to happen if state-by-state regulation. It's got to happen that the government sets forth and says, if it's this way in California, well, then it's this way in Florida and it's this way in North Dakota because it's nationwide. That's all I want to say. But we have the right to bear arms. I'm a gun collector. I'm a shooter. I am not a hunter. I love my antique collectibles. And it's just been around me my entire life since I was a kid. We have the right to bear arms. The NRA has a right to be the NRA, but it's a matter of the final decision and laws put in place. So let's all try to get copacetic and on an even keel with this sometime in the near future. To If there's any chance to avoid any situation like this from possibly happening again, even if it's just one preventative measure that takes place in the next three years, that means something was done. You follow me, TJ? I'm with you. I mean, again, sensible regulation. Sensible, sensible, sensible. That's all. 
That's all I'm talking about. Now let's go into boxing. A couple things that happened in boxing. The Canelo uh, Triple G Golovkin fight is off. It's officially off now. Canelo withdraws from the Golovkin match on May 5th. They're trying to make a bid to, I think he's going to be, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, suspended for six months. It's amazing, TJ. We've got people in MMA and UFC getting one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year suspensions supposedly coming down. Six months? Yeah. I, I'm not saying that I don't want to – I'm not saying I wish he suspended more. I'm, it doesn't even matter if it's Canelo. I'm just looking at the judgment that came no, down. It, it needs to be at least a year. I'm sorry. Yeah. It does. At si- least a year. Six months. Come on. You know, anyway, I'm only really – this is what we've seen happen. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. So – Hopefully they'll have the rematch in September. It's a huge money fight. We'll see where that takes us. Now another boxer. Um, and again, I'm sorry for Triple G and, and for Canelo. I'm sorry he was called off, but mostly I'm sorry for the other people that are, were working and looking forward to it, both as fans and people working and making their living to support and make this fight happen. Just like a movie that gets stopped from being filmed. It's always tragic. Somebody's going to suffer, not just the boxers making the millions and millions of dollars. Okay, now next, Adrian Broner. Um more bad news for Adrian Broner. It's, it's, he's he's uh, the troubled boxer. He's not being sued for sexual assault by a woman who claims he groped her genitals at a Georgia mall. So the, the woman claims she was walking around uh, the Lenox Square Shopping Center back in February when Broner approached her and swiped his hand across her private parts. Um, she claims he had no permission to touch her body. Part of the incident was captured on video, including the moment Broner was actually handcuffed and arrested by police for misdemeanor sexual battery. Uh, she claims that she's suffering emotional distress, you know, all the stuff that they claim usually from this case. And uh, he has a fight scheduled for April 21st. He's due to face off against Jesse Vargas at Barclay Center, where we'll be on Saturday on April 21st. So boxing's having its uh, headlines this week. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about the Creed movie instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got to go into another lawsuit. Here, Jared Vogel from, you know, the subway spokesperson that went to jail for right. uh, what he went to jail for, you know, with the situation with minors. It amazes me what attorneys do with this stuff and what he takes. He's actually suing. I've never seen this happen before. OK, he's actually suing the prosecutors. What? Who's the ju- he's suing the judges and the prosecutors who sent him to prison for child pornography. OK, he has failed to get out of prison from a slew of motions he filed in the last year, right? So now he's going to go for a different juggler vein instead. Right. He's saying federal prosecutors did him wrong when they charged him with conspiracy to receive pictures of minors. So he's taken the issue with this charge. Um, he's now teamed up with two other inmates to file a civil suit against the prosecutors, and he's suing for $57 million. He claims it's triple the damage to the career he lost when he was arrested, his co-plaintiffs, by the way, the other two guys, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. They're suing for $114 million. Yeah, I mean, the problem— So they're each, they're each suing for $57 million. The problem is you can sue anybody for anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Did you ever watch Melrose Place? Uh, I was a little bit too young when it was in its heyday. Um, well, that, could, that goes with the story of the reading. That basically, in 1998 was one of the years that that was being filmed. Uh, there's a woman on, there was a co-star on the show named Jamie Lunar. She's being sued for uh, sexual assault from a man named Anthony Oliver, who claims that the Melrose Place star drugged and raped him in 1998 when he was 16 years old. Wow. Okay, so he's bringing up this report from 1998. He wants 
$250 million in cash, okay, for his lawsuit. Now, here's the thing. One of the first things people should do if they're ever sued, and granted, a rightful lawsuit is a rightful lawsuit, a wrongful lawsuit is a wrongful lawsuit. I'm not saying this is the case either way. I'm only reading the alleged and the reported news, okay? Get this, TJ. How would you feel if you are sued by somebody like this who, when they researched him, found out over the past several years he has filed 22 other wide-ranging lawsuits? Yeah. 22 other. Now I'm going to give you what they are. You ready? The county of Chatham, Georgia, claims he claims he was beaten by a sheriff's deputy who used excessive force. That's one lawsuit. Target Cox Communications, a premier bank card, claims uh, he claims a former roommate stole his identity and racked up debt with those companies. That was another lawsuit. The city of Oceanside, he, Oceanside, he claims he was unlawfully arrested by police who were harassing patients, patrons, and they deleted his video footage of the incident and used excessive force. Again, another lawsuit. He sued Men's Warehouse claiming the text message ads they were making were unlawful marketing and violated his privacy. He sued the L.A. County, California Highway Patrol, T-Mobile, and the South Coast Medical Group, and more for a variety of allegations. All right, so, so now— so let, me, let me just say something here, because yeah. a lot of those seem absurd, okay? Yes. Now, what he is alleging that happened in 1998, that's a very serious thing. Serious. And— and, I, and really, the way that things work in this world is they're not supposed to, but your past always dictates your future, especially in, in legal proceedings. And it's very unfortunate if, if what he is alleging is true that happened in 1998, um, that he is drug really frivolous lawsuits into court over these years because it does hurt his credibility in this situation, and it's not supposed to. But I'm sorry, like you're you're suing for text messages because it hurts your uh, privacy or whatever. Like, I, you know how many text messages I get a day from people I know that I don't want them to text me because it ruins my privacy and a lot. Okay, so a, a bot sending you a text message about how you know come into the men's warehouse because you're gonna like the way you look. Like, get out of here, dude. Come on. You know, you mentioned privacy, right? And uh, you're, at, you're, you're right in what you're saying. Um, and again, the attorneys are going to they're going to beat this guy up on the stand, however they can, based on all these past lawsuits. Anyway, we'll see what happens. If this happened, I mean, let's face it. I always say you play, you pay. You do something wrong, you deserve the results you get for your actions. Now, you talk about privacy. TJ, the last story I want to cover, not the happiest story, you know, before we go into our, our guests on the show. Another lawsuit claims CVS unintentionally revealed the HIV status of 6,000 of their customers. Now, you want to hear uh, how they did this? Yeah, sure. A federal lawsuit claimed CVS mailed letters last year that showed the status of the participants in the state's HIV drug assistance program through the envelopes glassine window. So you have the name, and it shows if you were, I'm gathering, it shows oh, if you're HIV positive. Right. Yeah. 6,000. Yeah, right. Uh, there, that's a problem. You know, that's definitely a problem. So I feel bad for the people that are HIV positive, but at the same time, you deserve your privacy. You know, that's. Oh, of course. See, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you don't deserve to be. I mean, those are your medical records, essentially. Yep. Exactly. And, and exactly. Uh, that's a HIPAA violation. So they're going to be in trouble for that. 
They will be. All right. Well, we're not in trouble. We're on to bigger and better things with Revolver, our new pack podcast host company that we're going to be working very closely with. Again, that launches next week. Uh, Steve Aoki, my song, along with Layback Luke, It's Time, and the music video launches on Friday. Go to Spotify and other areas. Uh, go to Steve's website, my website. Just follow me on social media. You get all the, the blurbs about how to <clears throat> download the song and let us know what you think about it. Send us an email to TJ DeSantis at where, TJ? Uh, uh, TJ DeSantis at Sherdog.com will work. S H E R D O G. Uh, there we go. Hey, I got your guest on the line right here. It's, uh, it's Elias Theodoro if you want to go to him. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, let's bring on Elias Theodoro. Got a lot to talk about with him. And let's hear, let's hear what this whole Ring Boy Extraordinaire uh, adventure he had recently is all about and where it's going to go. So let's bring on Elias Theodoro. Hi, Elias. How are you? Hey, Bruce. I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me on. No, it's great to have you on. You know, I first met you after you won the Ultimate Fighter Nations, uh, I think it was Canada versus Australia, in the middleweight yep. division. You came in the octagon undefeated, if I remember correctly. This um, is true. Everything was just great. It was like a big entry into the octagon and a big exit as a winner in the octagon. Great fights. Everybody enjoys watching you. The girls love your hair. The girls love your looks. <laughs> the girls love Elias. I don't know if they really care about the fighting, but they're tuning in to see your handsome face, buddy. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Now you go forward and develop something that is blowing everybody away. You just had your first uh, showing. And if I'm saying this correctly, you are now a ring boy extraordinaire. Am I correct? You are correct. Um, I, I was thankful enough to be a part of uh, Invicta 28 and, uh, you know, played my little part in history. But, of course, uh, a great night of fights. Now, the ring boy thing is obvious. Instead of a girl, it's a ring boy. Now, on that night in Invicta, which, again, for those listening and they're not aware of it, is all women fights. Okay, they're all female fighters. So why not have a ring boy for the female fighters the way we have ring girls for the male fighters as well as the female fighters? So was this something that just occurred to you that you wanted to do? Is it something that is starting out as a fun thing to do and it's one and out? Or are you looking at something of building a brand of the ring boy and developing this for other fights? What is your thoughts behind what happened the other night? Yeah, I'd definitely say it'd be the latter. Um, I thought that, one, it was a great idea um, to obviously, uh, you know, start a conversation. Um, you know, the timing in some capacity felt right because there's been a lot of conversation of, you know, whether we take out ring card holders altogether. Uh, this is a conversation that's been had in the UK, for instance, uh, where they actually removed uh, grid holders, as they're called, uh, female ones uh, from Formula One and also darts as well, which is huge in England. Um, so, you know, I wanted to start a conversation in a, in a fun way that in the true pursuit of equality, the answer is more, not less. I don't think there shouldn't be ring girls. I think there should be ring boys as well. So just trying to add, not subtract or distract, uh, from my part when I do it at Invicta. So now when you think about it or when, when somebody other than yourself thinks about it, because you were looking for the response that I hope you receive, this pertains to the question I'm going to ask you. Other people could look at it, A, as really cool. B, as a joke for the night. C, as what's going on. So my first question is, what was the crowd's reaction? Because probably not everybody was aware that you were going to come out as the ring boy that night. And were you the only ring boy, or was there somebody else working with you? I was the only ring boy. I was uh, partnered with uh, the vets, uh, the Phoenix uh, ladies vets that were Jess and um, Natasha. Uh, they were the true pros and helped me, you know, showed me the ropes all the way through. Um, but no, it was, it was fun the whole way through. Uh, obviously when, uh, 
when the when females walk around as ring card holders, it's not really much of a you know a different sight. So you know everyone was kind of, as always respectful and you know taking it in. And then when I went out, um, the crowd cheered uh, because in many ways it's not something like you mentioned that normally would uh, be happening. And Invicta, in some ways, is creating history. And I was just a part, uh, glad to be a part of it. All right, so now let's get down to the nut cutting, Elias. I wasn't there. I know you got a strut. I know you walk with a swagger, right? I share that little quality myself once in a while. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> when you got up there, did you shake it? Did you move it? Did you have a special walk that you practiced? Well, these hips naturally don't lie. So there's a little <laughs> bit of a <laughs> phenomenal dancer, but who's talking? But, who's, uh, uh, <laughs> but it's neither here nor there. But right. point being... Um, no, I, I honestly had fun with it. I, I waved, I pointed, I smiled, and I even blew a couple of kisses at the, the really excited fans. Um, no, it, again, really excited to like start the conversation. And I think I, I don't know, in some ways with my personality, uh, was the right fit to kind of run with this. And, uh, you know, the whole Invicta team was amazing uh, through and through. And I'm excited to say that this isn't just a one-time wonder I, i'm planning to be a part of the may 4th event for invicta 29 and uh if all goes well a staple in the invicta team well you know i'm a fan of shannon and she does a great job and she's always looking to expand her marketing aspects which she's doing here but i will say you've got to be an equal opportunity ring boy elias when you do this when you blow kisses you got to blow them to the girls and the guys that are yelling at you too you got to give everybody their highlight so you got to be hundred percent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's what the world is all about. Now you, you got to make everybody happy, Elias. Let's just put it that exactly. way. Right? Yeah. 110%. 110%. <laughs> I do not discriminate. <laughs> all right. So how many phone numbers got thrown at you and how many by women and how many by men throughout the evening? <laughs> well, technically 50, 50, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but, uh, point being, uh, it, it was fun. It, it was just an amazing experience. And, um, no, I'm really excited. Uh, obviously, um, you know, like I mentioned to start the conversation, but I am trying to build something larger. I actually own the trademark for ring boy now. And, um, the game plan is actually to make a, uh, a calendar of ring boys of MMA and, uh, approach other UFC fighters and talk to them about, uh, jumping in. And if all goes well, um, you know, making a real big thing out of this. I don't know, TJ. What do you think? You think I should take off the shirt and go for a little uh, sideline marketing to my brand and maybe do one of these events? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> you'd, you'd probably be cover boy. Uh, you never know. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens, Elias. No, no question. Listen, you've got the personality. You're definitely a man that thinks ahead of and outside of his guns, which I, I like when I talk to you. I've always enjoyed spending time with you, Elias. You're a smart cat. So roll with it. Mutual. Thank you so much, sir. Work, roll with it. Work with the brand. Don't lose track of your base, which is your extraordinary fighting abilities. Now, what is your next go inside the octagon? What do we have to look forward to for you? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and actually, it all fits in together. Um, part of the reason why I'm going to be fighting in UFC Liverpool uh, May 27th is because the fact that this ring boy um, endeavor went viral in the UK, as I mentioned. Um, it was removed from... Uh, you know, ring card holders in regards to Formula One and um, and uh, darts. But now I, I get to show there, not as a ring boy, but rather as an MMA fighter, like you mentioned, which got me to the dance in the first place. And right. coming all full circle, these hips don't lie. <laughs> that should be another tagline for the ring boys. These <laughs> hips don't lie. There you go. Ring boys, these hips don't lie. 
Friday night. What you say? I'm I'm here to help. I'm here to help. You know the the Formula One you mentioned the six degrees of separation. I had Michael announce the opening of the Formula One. They they infused themselves with a half billion dollars recently for all new marketing worldwide, and they came to Austin, Texas, and came to me um, to have Michael announce the event, which he did in full grandeur. So it's funny. On one end, they're bringing the the most famous announcer and boxing announcer in the world of all time. And on the other end, they're killing the ring girls. <laughs> I wonder if they yeah. know exactly where they're going. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, listen, Elias, we have you on the thing. I don't, on the show, rather the thing, the show, my thing, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I want to uh, go over 223 coming up Saturday, this huge pay-per-view show. Can you give us a couple more minutes to just discuss a couple fights with us? And then we'll let you go. Okay. So we've got two, thank you. We've got 223. Habib, who now versing Max versus Max Holloway. So, TJ, the question I have is, and this makes me think about, you know, s- doing something stupid like severing your ACL at a lip sync contest. I don't know who the hell does that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then Ferguson, did did I hear this right? I mean, I remember when Kevin Randleman slipped on a cable and knocked himself out, and I had to announce that at like UFC 24 or something to 1,800 yep. people in the audience. Is that what happened? Did he slip? And now he's got to live with this in his head as I know what it's like to live with why did I do this when it didn't mean anything on how I did it type thing, hurting yeah. my body. Yeah, that's what Is I that heard. Is that what happened? I, I, really? heard, I heard he was doing some uh, promotional things at uh, Fox and, and he saw someone that he wanted to go say hello to. And, uh, you know, studios are dark, dark in there. And he uh, slipped on a cable and unfortunately uh, hurt his knee. But, yeah. Uh, I heard, I, heard it, I, I got the dope yesterday. Um, it was his LCL, which is the outside. Um, yep. And from my trainers, uh, my rehab person, you know, I still train hard multiple times a week to keep my knee strong because I don't have an ACL from my last injury. But um, he said six months minimum. And, and it's like, it's so tragic. I got, to, I actually, you know, like mentally got tears in my eyes because I know how big this fight is for Max, excuse me, excuse me, for, for Tony, now for Max. And Elias, you can relate to this because you're a warrior. He's going in. God knows what the payday on this was going to be. I'm going to say he could have hit seven figures or more. I don't even know. I'm not the powers that be. Uh, the career movement, everything else. And now he's laid up minimum six months before he can even make contact with a bag with his leg. From what I heard yesterday, if I'm incorrect or correct, it's still bad. And no money for this fight. All the money spent for training. I guess he doesn't get any money. He's out, right? He, he, there's, no, there's no remuneration whatsoever for the, for the couple months of hard work put in already. It's just a matter of waiting the eight months. What a tough position to be in. No, 110%. Um, and that's, you know, one of the issues of essentially being a, a contract worker. And it's not until payday, right? Or fight day, yeah. rather, was what I meant. That becomes payday. Uh, no, and even and even worse, I think, with him because of the fact that it was an interim belt. Uh, there's even question whether he's still an interim champion now that it's going to be put up for grabs on fight night which is this Saturday. So it, beyond the actual, the money, the, this specific money, uh, you know, this specific opportunity to uh, unify the belt and become a champion and, and the millions of dollars that we already talked about, it's also calling into question next fight because if he's no longer interim champion, then the amount that he gets next fight is reducedly uh, severed as well. So um, it, it, again, it's well beyond the coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's, it's, in the seven figures, could have, would have, should have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, he's not going to feel as bad as John Jones will for the next two to four yes. years waking up every morning, yes. but it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough go. And I feel, I, Tony's such a cool guy. I mean, I, I mean, I, listen, I've met like four a-holes in 22 years of announcing 
and I'm not going to mention who they are. You may even know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, the, but the bottom line is the warriors are great. I mean, you know, we're all martial artists. It's about pride and honor and respect. And just when you like somebody you meet, when I meet people like you that I respect so much, Elias, when these situations happen, like has happened to Tony, all I can say is I feel it. I just don't walk away yeah. from this and go, Oh, well, fights off next. Go, go figure next. I'm not that way. I really feel for this. When I heard this, it really disturbed me yesterday. But Max, now he's stepping up to bat. Max is a great kid. You know, I'm looking forward to still a great fight with this monster Khabib, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. May the best man win. But Saturday night, Joanna Jacek, Rose Namajunas. First off, Elias, Max Holloway, and, and Khabib. Give us a quickly a quickly uh, dissertation how you see that fight, and then tell me about Rose. Yeah, no, I think uh, obviously Khabib's going into this as the um, the front runner, especially because of the fact that he's beyond just the fact that he is the one that has been preparing for this. And Max is coming off an injury of his own right, and that's why he had to pull out against Frankie Edgar. So there, there's aspect in regards to that. But um, Max has the opportunity um, to jump in there and not have the same stressors that Khabib and Tony had going through this. Um, I think it's almost, you know, a win-win regardless. He's still going to be champion of 145, and he has the opportunity to, you know, make a, a boatload of money and, um, you know, create history. And even more so beyond, uh, you know, becoming champ champ, he might be the only, the first ever champ champ to actually defend a belt. So um, there's also the, the, the opportunity there as well. But, you know, going in, I have to say Khabib definitely has the, the, the opportunity going past the second, uh, the, the further it kind of goes um, into those championship rounds, not because Max isn't necessarily a champion, but because of the fact that he's not necessarily as prepared as Khabib is, but all the, all the power to him. So do you feel that there's uh, any kind of size differential here or strength differential in any way in this fight? Uh, Max has the strike uh, uh, advantage 110%. He's, uh, you know, they're both, they're both very good at going forward in their own way. Max through strikes and obviously Khabib with his own, uh, you know, Khabib time uh, grappling and his ability to just smother people. Um, we obviously saw that in his last uh, bout, um, it just squeezing the limbs or the, the life out of Barboza and just, you know, turning a striker into a wet noodle when he doesn't know what he's doing um, comparatively. But uh, Max has competed against uh, high level grapplers before and he has really good defense. Um, I think his his first three rounds are his greatest opportunity, but you know anything can happen in a fight. Um, the the weight difference is going to be a thing, but not really the height difference because they're they're both Max is a tall individual, so I think he you know he'll know, I, I can't off the top of my head remember the the exact uh, you know reach etc. But um, I, I'm pretty sure they're they're fairly uh, similar. With actually Max, I can almost see him having the longer reach. I think Khabib's more a little bit um, stumpy in regards to his, uh, you know, uh, reach and whatnot. But uh, again, I think <laughs> did you is... did you say did you say stumpy? What a what a cool yeah. choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> I went with it. Um, I, I just think in the regards to the, the the difference in regards to just the anatomy. Um, I think um, Khabib. I've seen him. He's he's a big individual for one fifty five and. He's someone that you could definitely see going to 170, but I think his body type is, you know, very much pulling people into him, which which, which is what he's been doing his whole life as a grappler. Um, right. Whereas Max Holloway, in many ways, is, um, you know, putting jabs out there, strikes, et cetera, et cetera, and trying to break rhythm uh, before, you know, doing what he does. Um, right. I, this is the, this I think in many ways is the best option for them to kind of put together 
um, on six days notice. It's, you know, a champion versus champion uh, fight, and it's exciting nonetheless. Yeah, very exciting. You know, Khabib's 25-0 and 0 undefeated. Max is 19-3. and 3. Uh, As far as the reach is concerned, uh, the leg reach is a two-inch differential, 40 inches for Khabib, two inches more for Max. On the reach, arm reach, uh, 70 inches for Khabib, one inch less, 69 for Max. So there's there a... Yeah, it's not that big a differential, but it is a differential. And one thing I forget if you or I actually pointed out to our listeners that are not fully aware, Max is the current UFC featherweight champion. Max wins the lightweight mm-hmm. title. He's going to hold two belts, right? Yeah. T- two belts, two legit belts. Nobody can argue with that. He's going to be a very busy man. This is a big night for Max and a big night for Khabib. Again, may the best man win. Now, as we go down the list, you got Joanna and Rose. How do you see this? Do you see the same thing happening again? Or do you see what I see is I see Joanna being so, as a great fighters are, in loss, they become better in defeat, and they become better fighters in their next fight. I think Joanna, as well as Rose, are going to be two major forces to reckon with. I don't know how to call this fight. I think it's going to go at least three or more rounds, and it's going to be a brawl for it all. I definitely agree that it's going to be a lot longer than the last one, um, or not a lot longer, because it did go into the second one, a second round in the um, in the first going. I, you know, I, I was, just like many I, I, many other people, very surprised of the outcome of the fight, especially in the way it happened. Uh, I don't think that many people saw Rose knocking out Ioana, um in the way she did. You know, a much more of a grind or, you know, pace set um, uh, ability to kind of squeeze it out. But I, I got to go with Rose on this one because she was, you know, she. I think she's still very much in the mind of Ioana. You know, she is a champion. Uh, she, uh, she is a former champion, obviously, and she has dealt with adversity before in her in her kickboxing um, career. But I, I think that Rose has shown, you know, kind of almost the antidote to the, the boogie woman. Um, she did it in the first time. And I think, you know, it might not be as quick, but I, I still think she's going to get her hand raised. Can't wait to see it. May the best woman win. There we go on that one. Now I'm going to run down a list. Uh, no need to really comment too far, but just while you're on, say whatever you want. I'm going to go down the other ballots. The card is loaded. On the main card, Calvin Qatar, Hanato Moicano, a fight I'm looking forward to very much, along with all the other fights, is Michael Chiesa and Anthony Pettis. I think that's going to be an excellent fight. And a fight that could possibly be the fight of the night is Paul Felder and Al Iaquinta. Iaquinta. That has got a lot going on it. Then you got Carolina Kowal. Help me out, TJ, before I go into my rehearsal. Uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz. Okay, I usually have phonetically, so pardon me if I brain farted there. And Felix Herrig. I think that's going to be going for it all. And then the question is, will Conor McGregor show up in Brooklyn, New York, because his buddy Artem Labov is, is fighting Alex Caceres? Um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was something that they've already talked about before, but now obviously the, you know, the attachment with Khabib and now Max Holloway, um, there, there's history in regards to Max as well. So it's an amazing thing to, to see that this kind of happened by happenstance. I, I wouldn't mind a little Conor McGregor excitement. We haven't had any live at a UFC event for a while. It'd be great to uh, see how he reacts during the main event and what he says to whoever wins the main event. You know, who knows? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, he, again, he's, um, he's someone that definitely, uh, you know, will hover over in regards to the, the implications of it. it, it again, uh, the MMA gods, they giveth and they taketh, but sometimes they giveth again. So there, there's a huge opportunity for this card. Exactly. Okay. And one, yeah. one last fight I want to mention is one of your countrymen, uh, Olivier Aubin-Mercier. 
uh, fighting yes. Evan Dunham. That should be a very, very entertaining fight. So I'm looking forward to a great Saturday night. All the UFC fans listening, it's UFC 223, Brooklyn, New York. It's pay-per-view. As I always say on the show, when there's a great UFC coming on, much less all the fine UFCs that always come on weekly and monthly, if you're a true UFC fan and you don't buy this pay-per-view, A, you're not a true UFC fan, unless you're getting married that night or it's your mom's birthday celebration. You should be watching the UFC. Sound sound right, Elias? Well, that well even then, they got that app on your phone. They got that app on your phone, so, you know. Exactly. You're, you're getting married, just have one of the groomsmen hold on to it. Let you know what's going on. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Elias, thanks for coming on the show. I'm going to let you go. I know you're a busy man. you got movies to make, uh, ring card work to do, girls to, you know, say hello to. Just must be a hell of a life being Elias Theodoro. Is it, like, great right now? Are you enjoying it? No complaints. Uh, I'm really excited for, um, you know, obviously the next fight and everything in between. Um, but, you know, the, the reward for hard work is more hard work. So excited to do, keep on keeping on. I always say, Elias, the trick, the hard work is not getting to the point of being successful. Yes, that's hard in itself. The hardest part is staying successful and staying relevant. That's where your work really, really begins. And you got to be smarter 100%. than ever. And I'll be, sure. in Liber- I'll be in Liverpool. Ready to announce you? Uh, who's your opponent in Liverpool? Pardon me, because I have not seen the cards yet. Dead man. Doesn't matter what his name is. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, Trevor Smith. Um, he's, uh, I believe, D1, D2 wrestler. He's a tough dude. He's coming off a win off of Chris Camosi. Um, he's a wrestler, but I'm going to look to give him all the answers uh, and uh, just take it to him. I think I can break him with my pace and get the finish. Very cool. He's a, he's a very tough dude. Tough fight. I know you'll step up for it, and I'll be there for you, and I'll do everything I can to get you more enhanced when you step in that octagon. The, again, you doing you, and uh, right before uh, the fight is always 110% already. So I, I truly appreciate always have you there. It's, it's always an honor to be called, my fight to be called by you, sir. Thanks, Elias. And then afterwards, we're in Liverpool, brother. You might have to tip a couple of pints. We're in Liverpool. Yeah. Make it a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, buddy. That's okay. It's all there for you. Thanks, Elias. I will see you in May. And uh, everybody, tune into Elias's podcast, which is called The Main Event. Now, when I say main, I'm not talking about the state. I'm not talking about the M-A-I-N. I'm talking about the incredible main of hair on Ring Boy Extraordinaire, Elias Theodoro. Am I correct in that? The main event? Yes, Yes, you are, sir. And something that I think you would appreciate, trademark included. Nice. I like smart people, and I never, I never thought anything less of you since the first day I met you. You're a sharp cat, Elias. Keep it going. Hey, All the best for success, my friend. Hey, Bruce, he was going to have me produce the main event podcast, and then he saw a picture of me and realized I didn't have any hair, and then somehow he hired <laughs> somebody else. I don't, I don't know what happened. That, you know what? That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> hey, bald is beautiful, damn it. <laughs> it is beautiful, sir. It is beautiful. You're you're my favorite Phoenix guy, Elias. <laughs> I appreciate it, TJ. All right, Elias. You take care. I'll see you in England. If you need a wingman, you let me know after the fight. We'll go out and have a few pints. Sounds like a plan. All right, Elias. Take care, buddy. Take care. Thank you. There he is. Elias Theodoro, you know, very entertaining, very intelligent man. Um, good to have him on the show. You know, I, I gotta give him credit, man. He comes up with the ring boy thing, a lot of guys would be hesitant even to think about something like that. But, you know, in this life, to be self-deprecating, which basically means you're willing to make fun of yourself, willing to do things that are funny. I love doing that stuff all the time. 
you know, you got to laugh. You got to be able to laugh at yourself, too. So good for him. Great sense of humor, but he's got an idea there that could grow into something along with everything else he has on the table. So great having Elias on the show. Uh, let's move on. I'm going to close off the show with a couple of items right now. Um, let me just see here. TJ, before we close off, I came across one thing. Uh, the rules for NFL cheerleaders. Have you ever seen the rules for NFL cheerleaders? I did not know there were rules. I'm going to read you three rules from the New Orleans Saints that was published on CNN. Cheerleaders cannot contact players or respond to messages from them or like any of their social media photos. That's really? number one. Wow. Yeah. Number, number two, must avoid making eye contact and move to the side if they encounter a player in the tunnel that leads into the stadium. Number three, must, this is wild, must leave a restaurant, bar, or party if an NFL player is already there or arrives after them. What the heck is this all about? Is this the way it is across the board? Just, I mean, why not just have it say, look, we don't want any of the players to be dating any of the cheerleaders. That's, the, I that's, mean, that's what all, I, all you got to say. Don't say, yeah, don't frat, fraternize, don't fraternize, eat in the same right. restaurant, don't uh, stand next to each other. Like, I, I don't know. And, and honestly, too, I, I just don't think you have the right to tell people who they can and can't associate with based on your employment. This is almost like a violation of the Fifth Amendment in a weird sort of way. It's just, it, it's like freedom. Is, I don't, it's just weird. But I can understand the reasons you have to have these rules, which involves the non-fraternization type situation, which I always thought was just the only case. But, my God, these cheerleaders aren't even getting paid anything to do what they do. It's very, very minimal. It's, it's just all about developing what you can out of it. Pretty pretty tough rules. Just well, wondering if that's league-wide. We, I don't know. Well, we know it's not that way between octagon girls and fighters. We definitely know that. I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> the, the, no, I will say a word. Yes, octagon girls can say hi to fighters. We pass oh, them all the time. They, well, they yeah. end up dating each other. They end up getting married sometimes. Which one's got married? Well, Tito Ortiz, I believe, is is married to Amber Nicole Miller. Is he formally married to Amber? No, no, not formally. He's now. He's formally married to Jenna Jameson. So he they, he and Amber did actually get married? If they didn't get married, they might as well be married. Yeah. They, you know what? They were both at my birthday party, and I, I've known Amber forever and Tito forever. And, you know, Tito's a good friend. I like Tito a lot. And Amber's just a quality person. Amber's a great girl. She's so much fun to hang out with. Tito... Uh, it's amazing since she came back to his life, not amazing, excuse me. Um, it's very cool to see that since she came back to his life, it's made Tito as, as far as what he has told me, the best person he could possibly be ever in his life. And I love hearing that when people talk about their mates. I think that's really, really All cool. right. They're not married, but I mean, they're, they're everywhere together. Yeah, no, they they're in love. Yeah. They, they make a great couple. One last thing, uh, our listeners under the age of 30 might not be fully aware of what a big star this man was, but Burt Reynolds was the highest box office earner as a movie star. And I'm talking a mega movie star, not what people refer to stars today. I'm talking a mega movie star for like six years. He's 82 years old now. And for those of you watching uh, TV, whether you watch it on DirecTV or Voodoo or whatever, there's a film that she just released called The Last Movie Star, which is about a aging movie star who was one of the biggest action heroes ever, biggest grossing film stars ever, and suddenly now is 82, and it's about the point he's at in his life at that point. Now, obviously, this is Burt Reynolds starring in a film which is basically focused around 
the career of Burt Reynolds. And you will see exactly more when you watch this. I always give recommendations from week to week and time to time on the show. My recommendation for this week, for those of you that are fans of Burt Reynolds or know who he is or want to see a very fine film about being in your heyday, being in your prime, being extremely successful, and then see where life takes you after all that stops. The last movie star. High recommendation from me, Bruce Buffer, Burt Reynolds. Catch it if you can watch it. Everybody, keep your recordings coming in. Uh, did it? God, I teach you. I did so many weddings in the last week. Is this a big month to get married? Well, just, June is generally the month to get married, but maybe they're getting them done now. You know what I mean? Like getting uh, getting them in the can, as we say in the business. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I should. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, these weddings in May and June, but you know they want them early to set them up for. Um, their DJ, both the videos and the audios I do. This is a strange one I got. I'm not going to mention names out of respect to them and their wedding, but it's so cool what they're doing. So cool. I'm introducing them as sword fighting champions, and I think they're going to have a sword fight at their wedding, at the reception. Oh, wow. That's originality. I mean, don't you think? I've never seen that before. Yeah, I never have either. I hope they post a video. I'd like to see this one. And again, no disrespect to their wedding, all the encouragement and respect for their wedding, but you win the award for the most original wedding intro that I've ever done in that respect. So keep those keep those coming in, folks. Uh, go to BruceBuffer.com. That's where you get all the information. Our wonderful, beautiful Kristen will probably be the one to answer you and arrange everything for you. TJ, anything you want to tell everybody before we go? No, it's a pretty quiet month for myself here in the month of April, which is nice. Baseball's back in season. It's nice to watch uh, my Minnesota Twins on, on television once again. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. the The temperatures here in Southern California are heating up a little bit in the daytime, and uh, it's great. It's spring break right now for my son, so I get to hang out with him a little bit. And uh, yeah, all is good, man. Very cool. Yeah, I've been having fun with the boys. Rupert had last week off. Henry's got this week off. And I'm working on, hopefully today, securing uh, two Kings tickets to the last L.A. King game at Staples tomorrow evening and surprising my boy with that and be me and him for Uncle Bruce and Henry Day. Godfather and Godson going out and having a great time. There you go, man. Enjoy it. One of my best wingmen right there, Henry. Good wingman. There you go. (laughs) Got to teach them when they're young how to be respectful. All right. Listen, everybody. Treat everybody around you with respect. That's a big word here on this time radio, obviously. Set your goals, write them down, choose the path that you want to take. And when you get on that path, be the best you can be. Do your research, be a winner, achieve it, write those goals down and you will fulfill your dreams. That's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. It's about winning and be the best person you can be. So be the role model and the best role role model you can be to your sphere of influence. And life is just not about how happy you are, but it's also about making people around you happy and being honest and strong. With that being said, I'll be back next week. And it'll be the first week on our new host, Revolver, for It's Time Radio. Can't wait, TJ. It's going to be a great trip with this new company we're working with. Everybody, we'll see you next week, give you a lot more info. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Crunchy Bars. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Delicious and convenient, both their toasted almond and lemon almond flavors have 2 grams of net carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein, all in a satisfying crunch. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Bars are now available in the granola bar aisle at Walmart. 
Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news! Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com.